This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. Today on the newscast, some Russian troops are leaving Syria to fight in Ukraine. What does this mean for Iran and Israel? Plus, Israel is reportedly threatening to eliminate Hamas leaders. Get all the breaking details next. Hey folks, Eric Stackelbeck here. Welcome to the Watchman Newscast, a very busy weekend in the world's most chaotic and strategic region, the Middle East. So let's get right into it. The big story in my view is that Russia is reportedly withdrawing some of its troops from Syria to fight in Ukraine. And the biggest beneficiary of this partial Russian withdrawal will be, you guessed it, the Iranian regime and Hezbollah. Now, first things first, some background details here. There are currently, or there were at least until recently, some 10,000 Russian troops stationed in Syria at Israel's doorstep, spread across 12 bases in that country. Now, of course, Russia entered Syria back in September 2015 to essentially bail out its good friend Bashar al-Assad. The Syrian dictator was on the ropes in that civil war and Qasem Soleimani, the not-so-dearly-departed Iranian terror master, paid not one, but two visits to Moscow in the summer of 2015 to implore Russia to get involved in Syria. That's exactly what Vladimir Putin did. He saw a golden opportunity to re-enter the world's, again, most pivotal region. Look, Vladimir Putin wants to project global power and reform or revive Russia into a global superpower once again. And to be that global superpower, you need a presence in the Middle East. Putin saw an opening. He took advantage and surprise, surprise, Russian troops have been in Syria ever since. However, Russia is struggling mightily in its campaign in Ukraine right now. Thousands of Russian troops have been killed since late February when the invasion began. So it's really no surprise that some Russian troops are being reportedly repositioned out of Syria and on their way to Ukraine, which where, by the way, they will be fighting alongside, shoulder to shoulder, with mercenaries from Syria and Libya, according to the U.S. Department of Defense. So very interesting how Vladimir Putin, and we've talked about this on previous newscasts, has attempted to attract foreign fighters into this war in Eastern Europe, which he started. But nevertheless, if Russian troops, and again, this is not a full withdrawal, certainly they will keep a footprint, a considerable footprint in Syria, But if they're leaving, who kind of minds the farm while they're gone, or helps to at least? Reportedly, according to reports out of Russia and in various uh, Middle Eastern media outlets, the Iranian regime and Hezbollah, Iran's most lethal proxy, will reportedly take control of some of these Russian bases and essentially occupy them and staff them for their own nefarious ends. Now, Iran's eyes, you have to think, are lighting up at this prospect for years now. They have vowed and they have 
worked very hard to establish a permanent presence in Syria at Israel's doorstep. In Iran's view, or the view of the Iranian regime, they are in Syria to stay. It is a crucial, crucial battlefield uh, in their war to wipe Israel off the map and what they're doing in Syria. And the reason they were so invested in helping Bashar al-Assad, who is now their client, to prevail in that Syrian civil war was to maintain Syria as, number one, a launching pad for attacks against Israel, and number two, a transit point for advanced Iranian weaponry to flow from Iran through Iraq, through Syria, into the hands of Hezbollah in southern Lebanon. That's why Iran said, we cannot allow Syria to fall. Obviously, red flags and alarm bells for Israel. Bad enough that Russia is in Syria at Israel's doorstep, given uh, especially how we've documented here in the newscast time and time again over the past week in particular, how Israel and Russia are headed on a diplomatic, for now, collision course. Things are not going well. The relationship is increasingly tense, and Russia is openly aligned with Israel's greatest enemies, Iran, Hezbollah, the Assad regime. And by the way, Russia even hosted a Hamas delegation in Moscow last week. So if Israel was already uncomfortable with the Russian uh, juggernaut at its northern border, even more concerned now that Russia is saying to Iran and Hezbollah, hey, we have to take care of business in Ukraine, but while we're gone, you can kind of mine the store for us. Here's some bases, look after them for us. And Iran's Revolutionary Guards Corps, the terror vanguard of that regime and of the region, alongside Hezbollah are saying, sure, we'll keep a good eye on them while you're gone. By the way, if you missed any of our coverage, including that fraying Russia-Israel relationship I mentioned a minute ago, just check it out here in our archives under Newscast. And while you are there, be sure to subscribe. Click the notification bell so you get alerts every time a new video is posted with the kind of news you just aren't hearing anywhere else. Hey, we are fast approaching half a million subscribers unbelievable folks. I just shake my head and I laugh. I say, God, we're just doing what you want us to do. We're going to take the mantle you've given us. We are going to run with it for such a time as this. And we so appreciate your support. We cannot do it without you. And I mean that. Uh, but now Israel has a choice to make. There is still advanced Russian anti-aircraft uh, hardware in Syria, the S-400 system in particular. Uh, Israel has been very careful, more careful, it seems, in recent months as Russia has shown impatience with Israeli operations in Syria. Now will Israel be forced to up its operations even more? Because, folks, I'm telling you, the Iranian regime will not be able to resist this opening they have apparently been given by Russia. And they're going to go all in and pour more forces, I believe, in Syria and overplay their hand as they have a very nasty habit of doing, and they may very well do it again. And by the way, key point before we move on here, Russia is not vacating Syria completely, anything but, and they're not vacating the Middle East. And yes, when we talk prophetic implications, I firmly believe, no doubt, that Russia will be the main player in that Gog-Magog invasion that the book of Ezekiel, chapters 38 and 39, lays out. This does not change that, but stay tuned. Some interesting developments in Syria that profoundly impact Israel, as does this terror wave we have seen in Israel since late March. Some 19 Israelis murdered in cold blood. Now, the two uh, Palestinian terrorists who carried out 
the terror attack last Thursday night that slaughtered three Israelis in cold blood. They were captured over the weekend alive, taken into custody after a massive manhunt. But now the big question is, as this terror wave has ramped up, clearly incited by Hamas in a few ways. Number one, Hamas has sent rioters to the Temple Mount, in particular the Al-Aqsa Mosque, atop the Temple Mount in Jerusalem. And they have, as we've documented here in the newscast and we've shown you the footage, folks, they've used the Al-Aqsa Mosque, which is, in their view, the third holiest site in Islam, as a weapons depot to, to launch attacks against Israeli police, Israeli civilians. And then Hamas has turned around and said, Israel is desecrating and defiling the mosque, where it's quite the opposite. The Palestinian rioters are the ones using the mosque as a storage center to launch attacks. It's a world turned upside down where good is called evil and evil is called good. But you know that if you watch a newscast, the times we are living in Bible times and yes, perilous times. So that's one aspect of the Hamas incitement. The other aspect is just direct incitement where we had last weekend Yahya Sinwar, a top Hamas leader in Gaza, openly calling for Israelis to be murdered, calling on Palestinians to launch new terror attacks against Israel. And he mentioned something in specific, use cleavers, axes, and knives in your attacks. And lo and behold, in that attack I mentioned Thursday night, the terrorists used axes and knives. Just a coincidence, I'm sure. Needless to say, Israel is becoming very impatient with Yahya Sinwar and Hamas's calls to murder and incitement. And now there are reports that Israel is putting the word out about targeted assassinations of Hamas leaders, of cutting the head off the snake in an attempt to get a handle on this terror wave. If Hamas and certain leaders in that organization are inciting the terror, Israel is saying, well, we will silence them permanently so they can't murder any more men, women, and children in Israel Perhaps in Gaza, uh, they could carry out these operations. And Israel has a history of such operations, of course, over the decades against its enemies, or perhaps overseas. There are Hamas leaders living in Qatar, in Turkey, for instance. Stay tuned there, because Sinwar and Hamas responded over the weekend to these reports and said, if Israel does this, then Hamas will ignite Israel, set cities on fire with rockets, I presume, and carry out a wave of suicide bombings. We have not seen the suicide tactic used recently by Hamas. Obviously, during the second intifada between the years 2000 and 2006, that was Hamas's weapon of choice, killed hundreds of Israelis through these suicide bombings in Israeli cities. Now they're threatening, threatening it once again. Folks, if you haven't figured it out by now, what we have right now is an absolute tinderbox, not only in Israel, revolving around Jerusalem, which more and more will be the center of not only regional events, but world events. The Bible is very clear about that, but Syria as well, and Russian movements there, and what Iran will do now. Whew, we've got a lot going on. By the way, last note, Syrian dictator Bashar al-Assad, talk about timing, visited Tehran yesterday, Sunday, May 8th, to meet with Iran's Supreme Leader Ayatollah Khamenei and the Iranian President Ibrahim Raisi. I'm sure they weren't talking about uh, pleasant things. Let's just leave it at that. So stay tuned. The prophetic chess pieces are moving on the board and we are following it very closely for you. Thanks so much for joining us here today on the Watchman Newscast. Until tomorrow, God bless you. And remember, never hold your peace.